0: Welcome back to the STEM Blazers podcast. As always, I am so excited to be here with an awesome new guest. We can't wait to pick her brain. On today is my amazing co-host, Maddie.
1: Thanks, Joe. My name is Maddie Poole, and I'm excited to be here today talking to Sarah Miller. Sarah is an owner and wealth management advisor at 4610 Wealth Management. When Sarah was in college, she realized that she had a passion for financial planning and after exploring a few internships for different career paths. Now she's continued her career at Northwestern Mutual for more than 14 years. We're very excited to learn a bit more about the financial world that Sarah is a part of today. Welcome, Sarah. How are you
2: doing? Thanks, guys. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be part of this podcast. It's, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, we are excited to talk to you.
2: <laughs> so I'll be
0: starting out with the first question. We're, we want to kind of get an idea of what you do day to day as part of your job. Like, What does your job look like in the morning um, to when you leave in the evening?
2: Well, it's a lot different, I'll say now, um, because I'm doing a lot of at-home work still. But um, But typically, right now, um, I get up, I have forced myself to have a very long morning routine so that I have full um, presence for what's going to happen later. So I usually get up and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, um, do some meditation, um, do some like just kind of journal work and getting my brain right and, and then some exercise. And then really um, my day, a typical day for me is is going to be in client meetings from usually start to finish. I try to take some breaks in between, but on a day like today, I've been sitting in this chair most of the day. And um, I used to have mostly in-person meetings. And now obviously with the pandemic, everything has switched to um, much more virtual meetings. So Um, I'm in and out with different clients, which could span, you know, from really different types of people throughout the day, which is what's really fun and fascinating for me is that I get to hear, you know, from people who are kind of like your, your, you know, salt of the earth people, and then all the way to people who are like really, you know, doing big things, whether it's like new tech startups, or, you know, just, just really interesting things that they're doing, or people who've had another baby or are retiring. And so it's kind of all across the board of what I could get in a single day of, of who's going to be on my calendar. But that's pretty much it is just talking with people through their plan or learning about them to see if they want to start doing a financial plan and, um, and really getting to know and, and cultivate the relationship with them.
1: It sounds that you, like you have um, a lot of variety going on and that kind of keeps you, so you're not like maybe, bo- I mean, it can be boring sitting all day in meetings, but it sounds like it's interesting at least that you have a lot of different things going on and different people to talk about. So that's really good.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, what's really nice about it is the, you know, there's no, certainly a lot of people have the same goal, like I got to retire or something, but just having very different, you know, meeting with people who have very different jobs or very different circumstances. um, It's like problem solving, but in so many different ways. So it keeps it really, even though if you're just sitting in front of a computer all day, um, the problem solving aspect is what I think keeps it really fresh and interesting for me.
1: Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious. What is like the maybe the most interesting thing that someone has like tried to do, or like a business to start, or like what what is the most kind of interesting financial goal that you've heard from someone?
2: I'm getting a lot of people um, in in these like tech sectors that are doing, you know, really really fascinating things. We have a, a client in New York who um, has started up a business, sold a business. Um, and he's my age and it just seems like, wow, he's doing all of these like really fascinating things. Um, it's interesting when you, when you find people who kind of see the world through a different lens of like, they find it's like Elon Musk, like you find a problem that you don't even know exists yet. And so you you meet these people who have these really fascinating things. Like they want to, um, create this this company and so we've got to um, find a way for them to be able to fund it or get funding and or you know just really pay like taxes on what, when their payouts happen and those kinds of you know the more boring things but um, but you know it's really, really fascinating when they have goals that are like you you they talk about it and you're like, wow, I, yeah, let me figure out how we do this.
1: Yeah, definitely. That sounds that sounds cool that you kind of get to help those people who are, you know, kind of on the forefront of like all this really cool new technology. So that sounds awesome to help be a part of it.
2: Yeah,
0: It sounds like you're also like a connector for people's dreams and what they want to do and what they're passionate about. And like this reality of like, everyone has dreams, but you need money to do it. Like you want to have a baby or you want to start a business, but there's a way to get there. And so I like how you're taking all these people's perspectives and kind of stepping into their shoes, I guess, for a little bit. Would you describe it like that? Like you're stepping into someone's shoes to be able to help them?
2: Oh yeah, you're you're absolutely right on. I mean that, and that's what's really kind of the the driver for me is that I get, um, I, you know, it, it's interesting because I have employees and we constantly change up the team dynamic of who's doing what. And very recently, like as of last week, um, I'm stepping away a little bit of from the like recommendations and financial planning of it and giving that to somebody else on my team so that I can really focus on their relationship because just through a lot of skill finding, you realize what are you really good at? And so when you said you're a connector, like that's the part that I really value about it is that I get to meet these people and just really have this you know, strong relationship with them and connect with them on a different level. And sure, I'm definitely part of the brainstorming, but it's just, it's definitely much more um, my, my strength and my gift to be the person who's connecting with them and, and helping them connect their like vision to reality of what we can do and how we can create that reality. Absolutely. That's so important. Especially, you know, like everyone
0: needs that. Everyone needs kind of like a a centering to reality. And that is just such a helpful skill to have. And also one that, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily uh, in our society put as much value on these really essential skills, like being able to connect with people and um, being able to problem solve from a social perspective and then combining those aspects with the very like tangible um more like logic based aspects that you also deal with you like live in between those two worlds yeah
2: yeah it makes it it makes it on it keeps you on your toes i guess
1: yeah so kind of switching gears a bit Uh, So we we kind of know just like in general that it can be difficult for women to sometimes enter an environment where they might be like one of the only professional women there. Uh, How was your environment when you kind of first started out and how has it kind of changed since then? Like where are you now versus where you started?
2: That's a really good question. Um, When I started, it was pretty sparse as far as females go in, and um, not just the company that I work for, but also in the industry overall. And so it was really challenging to find um, a female mentor. I had I had male mentors who were fantastic, I will say that, um, who helped me tremendously throughout the beginning of my career. But Um, There was just always something missing. I needed some female mentorship. I needed to be able to be a little bit more authentic that I feel like I can be on a different level with women than um, than I typically start out with um, when I'm talking to a male. Um, So it was really it it was really hard to just kind of navigate what's how is this going to work for me? I understand how people were successful and started their practice um, successfully, but that wasn't necessarily how I wanted to do it. So I didn't really have a voice or somebody telling me, you know, oh, you can do it this way. And um, so it it was it was pretty sparse and it, it led me to have to do a lot of that legwork on my own. I, I, I call it the paving of the path. Like you have to kind of chop down the weeds to pave the path so that somebody else can walk on it later. Um, and you know, I don't think that, that people necessarily weren't there to help me that I got a lot of help and support, which was wonderful. Um, but over time it's, it's just created, I think the more people challenged me to be authentic and to be who I needed to be, um, helped me to become more successful just because I wasn't trying to like beat my head against the door and meet with only these types of clients, you know, that these guys meet with, or, um, you know, really starting to work with the, with the right people that I felt like I could make the most impact on. And then, you know, now I think there's been a lot of women like me who's, who also had this value and goal of like, I also want to figure out how to make this easier for other women. And so a lot of us have um, created things that help, Women, whether it's like, you know, one gal created a Facebook page that it's all women and like how I can't even keep track of how many things people put up there of like questions and advice or motivation or just like a like at a girl type of thing. You know, it's it's really supportive and it's a great community. But then there's been also other like more technical things that um, that I think beyond just camaraderie that women have needed and wanted of just how to become a better financial planner, like how to understand taxes better, how to understand what options people have when they have all these, you know, stocks in their portfolio or getting stocks through work or whatever it might be. Um, So I just feel like the landscape has really shifted to where people, especially women, A, there's more of us, but B, I think they're all kind of realizing, you know, we had a lot of, you know, chopping to do along that path. And so now it's, um, it's like, Hey, come along, look at this nice, you know, there's still some chopping to do, but it's a lot cleaner of a path now because all of us have been really committed to helping other women. It's not, um, I I really haven't found like a competitive situation with another female in my, in my journey in this career. And so I think that's really important to understand is that, you know, there are, all of the women that I know are like, how can I help you? How can I support you? What do you need? And I'm like, I have so I could have so many options of mentors now. That's just because there's so many. But um, so I think it's definitely changed and it's it's become a lot more open of a place for women to not only join, but to thrive in. Yeah. Well, that
1: sounds amazing that it has improved so much. And I mean, you've said it yourself, you like you and other women, like you are like literal trailblazers, you know, and just kind of paving the path for other women to come through after you is so, so important. And then offering that mentor, the mentorship to them and get receiving some yourself is also just, it helps you build a community of supportive and amazing women. And like you said, other women are not competition, like they are your allies. So we should stick together and support each other. So that's amazing that um, that's your experience. So that's awesome.
2: It's been great.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say that. And I really like the analogy you used of like cutting down the weeds before you lay the path, because it is very much like that when you're the first person and you're having to like go through this, um, this friction, I guess, against change in the system. And so that is like a lot of work that's been put there, even like, you know, every couple inches still means a lot. And so it is just amazing work you've been doing and thank you for it
2: yeah of course well, and one thing i'll I'll throw out there um is that i I think it's also helped that so many women out there are the breadwinners or are the you know I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but the badasses of the, of the the household and they're you know they're earning the money and they're making more financial decisions and i I think that's a big shift to from what I see just with our clients that. Um, that women are wearing that hat where maybe 20 years ago they weren't wearing that hat of like taking on the financial planning for the family or for themselves for that matter. And I think that has made the barrier to entry significantly less Um, less challenging, because now there's just women who are crushing it in whatever their field is, and they're taking ownership of their finances, and they're investing like they haven't invested before. And that's, uh, to me, that's really a big sign of progress and makes other women want to come into the field that I'm in and say, I want to help specifically women who are doing Um, Who are doing these big things in the world. And so I think that's another factor out there is just like how many women are just crushing it right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it is so important, these like little decisions and like changes in the dynamic between. Um, men and women just in family systems. I know like for myself, my mom was always the breadwinner of the house and that was always weird among my friends, but it's becoming more and more common. And it really changes the way as a daughter that you think about money and you think about, um, investing and i know my mom taught me how to invest my dad doesn't know how to invest and having been able to get those skills from my mom taught me a lot about how women can learn to take up that space and it's so important that you're like accommodating and teaching these skills to women um and like challenging the idea that it has to be the man who's getting um The or investing or getting all the money and that women can wear that hat and they can wear it comfortably. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really important. And it's, it's change that's happening seemingly slowly, but it's, it's big change that's happening.
2: That's so cool. And I'm so glad you shared that with me. That like kind of gives me chills to, to hear it, you know, as women who have children and, you know, we've known it. There's been studies for so long, but you're the proof, right? That mm-hmm. um, that mom was the breadwinner. Mom taught you about investing. Mom taught you about saving, and now you're like out in the world, gonna go save and invest. And it's it's gonna be so fascinating to see, you know, like your generation of women come up and and have so many so much of a different financial perspective than the women before them. So that just made me really happy that you shared that with me.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's awesome. You kind of mentioned like the phrase playing small in your bio sheet. Um, Can you explain a little bit about what that means to you and how playing small is important and why we should encourage girls to strive for that challenge?
2: Yeah, I think I think when we when we start something new we don't want to take a lot of risks, whether that's in your finances or career or whatever, but you don't throw it all out there because there's, there's a fear that it might not work or there's a fear that what if it's great? Um, What if it's super great? And then I don't know what to do with it. And then people realize that I'm brand new at this, or uh, I don't have the degrees or I don't have the, you know, I don't have the designations that so-and-so does, or I haven't been doing this for 10 years or whatever. And um, if I could, if I could look back and, and tell that tell that girl, you know that that twenty two year old who's starting, you know, a business and taking that kind of leap of faith, I would try to instill as much as I can. And again, I think it's a journey, so it's hard to say like do this differently. But but I just would tell that girl, me, that that version of me at twenty two, like thinking through this, of you know, there you can have the confidence because. 14 years, 15 years later, people are really going to value what you do. And you know that you work hard. And so stop trying to fit in this box and stop trying to make it, you know, to make your career choices based on very short term information. Like you know what your strengths are, you know who you are as a person, and you know that you are, you know, determined to be, you know, a successful person. And so, you know, stop, you know, stop trying to fit into this little small world when really, you know, you could be helping a lot more people and you could be really getting after it a lot faster than, um, than you think. And I, I, I just feel like if I could give that confidence to any young woman who's starting out to say, you know, don't make one of my favorite things my mentor has ever said to me was don't make, um, long-term business decisions on short-term information and the short-term information was fear scared oh my god this is terrifying oh my gosh i don't know what i'm doing the long-term goal is that you know we are going to be successful and we are going to be helping people particularly women and if that's the case then why am i playing small right now right
1: that's that's really good advice for i think a lot of young women is like, you know, it may seem daunting at first and you may not know a whole lot about what you're trying to do, especially in the beginning. Obviously, like you're not just born with knowledge, but it takes time. It takes effort. It takes experience. And like you're living proof of that, you know, like 14 years later, like look at where you are. So that is super amazing and super impressive that you came from a place of not knowing really anything about what you're doing. And now you're a total expert. So that's awesome.
0: That is really awesome. Um, And with that, with that phenomenal answer, it will be time for us to head to our ad break. um, But we'll be back soon with some more questions.
3: Hi, it's Wendy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. If you follow Stim Blazers on social media, you know that registration for our sixth annual golf tournament is in full swing. If you are in the area and would like to join us on July 28th, at the beautiful Arrowhead Golf Course in Colorado, please visit us at our website at stemblazers.org. This week's episode is sponsored by Viasat. Viasat is a global communications company that believes everyone and everything in the world can be connected. For more than 35 years, Viasat has helped shape how the world communicates. Carrying on this tradition today, the company is developing the ultimate global communications network using their VS3 satellite to empower communities and impact people's lives anywhere they are on the ground, in the air, or at sea. Thank you to Viasat for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to learn more about Viasat, please visit them at viasat.com. Now let's get you back to the conversation.
1: Welcome back from our ad break and we are going to ask another round of questions. So Sarah, why do you think it's important for girls to start understanding money and money management at a young age?
2: Oh, this is, I could talk for an hour about this one. Um, <laughs> so there there was a study a long time ago, and I'm not going to really try to quote it because I don't really remember where it was from, but it, it was essentially saying that girls um, kind of get turned off on math by about the like seventh or eighth grade, that that's when it kind of falls away from their priorities. And I think a lot of that was because, you know, boys are really pushed towards math fields and being good at math and the problem solving aspect of things. I think there's a whole like layer and layer and layer of girls and how parents and teachers, you know, it's like if a girl can't solve a problem, it's like, okay, let me fix it. And a boy is like, keep after it, keep, keep trying to solve that problem. And so I think it's, When I heard that, I was like, oh, no, like, no, we can't. That's that's the opposite. Like girls are so good at problem solving and girls are really good, I think, for the most part. I mean, I'm not trying to generalize that much, but like girls seem to be very responsible with money, maybe just a little bit cautious with money and not all girls. But for the most part, if we think about girls in general, they're a little bit more cautious with things that are like important to them. And so I think when you start to figure out if you invested a dollar, you should go back, and you know while you're listening to this podcast and put in in a simulator. There's all kinds of Google, like an S and P 500, um, you know, chart history, and and look what happens if you would have invested a hundred dollars on the day that you were born, and that money has probably a like 300 percent rate of return by the time that you're your guys' age in your early 20s. And it's just fascinating to think, man, if you could put that babysitting money or that, you know, that part-time job or that whatever it is that girls did or do or, or kind of doing for earning money, if you could start thinking about the future of that money and how that can grow and what relationship you have with risk right off the bat and really start thinking through that, there is so much to gain. I mean, If I, if I think if I knew some of, you know, even like a little bit of what I know now about how money grows when I was a lot younger, you know, I just imagine the type of, you know, the type of choices that you can make. It's not necessarily about wealth and what you can purchase, but think about the type of choices you could make 10 years from now, if you knew how to be wise with your money. So for example, instead of being, you know, chained to a desk, working at a job that you hate, if you save great money and for 10 years, you know, from 20 to 30 by 30, you're like, I have the ability to start a business and do what I want to do and go off out on my own or, or to travel the world. But those, that financial freedom really opens up the world of choices. Not, I'm not talking about go by like, A new car or a Gucci bag or whatever it is. Those are fun things. But if you just think, if you start to realize your relationship with money starts to open up your world of choices, then you get to go say, you know, I could be 35 and be, you know, a millionaire. I really could if you're starting early enough and saving enough. And then you have so many choices open up to you. You could volunteer more. You could work part-time. You could, um, you know, you could just follow your folly, right? Follow the thing that your heart most desires um, or do something that's a bit more of a risk. I just think that is so critical for girls to start early and just know, like, we love having choices. Like I love if I could say, anything next year can happen because I have the, you know, the financial freedom to do it, man, that is a, that is a really unbelievably free feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's pretty much nothing more freeing than knowing that you can do anything you want with your life. And like all of you you have so much time that you could just decide what to do with instead of working just like a nine to five every single day until you're like 60. Like there's, it's really important that you're emphasizing that there's a lot of, possibilities there. And especially like early money management could definitely
0: help help that along or make that happen. So I think that's really cool.
2: Absolutely. It's so important.
0: I think it's also really important to acknowledge that when we're beckoning like social change for women to um, put themselves in these spaces where they might not have historically been, financial freedom helps them do that. Because mm. in those places where they didn't necessarily have the support to be there, or they um, are uh, disadvantaged by people who don't believe in them, they can insert themselves there because they have the freedom to do so. And so financial freedom is one of those things that All women should really be introduced to so that they have the freedom to do more of what we're trying to advocate for in the first place. Women in STEM fields, financial freedom
2: helps women do that, right? Oh my gosh, so much. And it just alleviates this added layer of stress. And that's really what I want people to walk away with. That If it's more important to you to put, you know, $300 towards the, you know, Dyson air wrap thing that everybody's buying versus go buy some stock in something, right? Or go buy an index fund. The choice that you just made is that someday at some point I might have financial stress because I bought, I purchased a thing versus investing in my future. And I think that's really what also. In, well, I guess disables women from being able to go do something that they. I mean, think of how many women would go start a business, um, would go, you know, invest in a new startup, would go do so many amazing things if they didn't have the weight and the burden of financial pressure, right? And so it's it's certainly about like yes, make right make the right choices so that you have freedom later, but it's also like. Even if you didn't, even if you're not designed, you know, by (laughs) you to go start a business or go do the things, imagine just not having that burden, right? I mean, imagine Mm -hmm. how much more you could do and give and what a better friend you could be or a better daughter or a better spouse or, you know, mother or whatever it is, um, if you don't have that financial pressure on your back either.
0: Yeah. And with that in mind, like this financial freedom, we've talked about how important it is and how freeing it is. So I'm sure everyone listening is like, well, no matter what spot they are in life, maybe they're in middle school, maybe they're in high school, maybe they're professionals. Where do they start? What's the first step to getting ourselves the financial freedom that you're talking about?
2: That's a great question. I mean, um, the the first aspect of it, I think, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, just, just build up an emergency fund, which is not wrong. That's a, that's a great place to start. But I would, I would start, especially with girls and young women, I would say, start to evaluate your relationship with money. Think of how your parents handled money. Think about the things that were stressful financially in your family, or were not stressful in your, in your family um, because of good finances or bad finances um, think about just how you view it, right? Because when when you have a background of my parents were really, really smart with money and they have a lot of money and that afforded us, like I've been on planes to Europe and I have been able to go do this, this, and this, and I got college paid for. What how do you view money now? Do you view money as freedom? Do you view money as like, oh my gosh, that's like impossible expectations? Or did you come from, you know, smaller means where really every penny needed to count and it was really important to not be, um, you know, to not overspend? Or did you come from a background where um, there was just so much spending and it wasn't like there wasn't money, but it just now, you know, now there's not enough for retirement or whatever. And I think it's really important to start thinking about how those decisions of how we were brought up have really shaped us of how we start to think about money and just the environment so i mean i I was born in 1985 so i don't really remember um like a lot of the high inflationary periods that that were before me and i don't really remember the tech bubble bursting that wasn't a thing that affected me but i'll tell you what i started my business in 08 09 and that was perspective that gave me some perspective to say but the stock market crashes from time to time and that makes people very uncomfortable. And it makes people very, very financially stressed. So maybe not all of my money should be in the stock market. Maybe some of it should be safer, but it, so think about not only like the family you were raised in and the financial situation you were raised in, but also the circumstances around the world of like right now, If you're a young adult and it's like you've got inflation and you've got supply chain shortages and you've got all of these things that are kind of shaping your view of money, um, you might want to hang on to your money. You might have this perspective because your adult years are starting with, "ooh, hold on to my money instead of, man, what a great opportunity it would have been to invest in 2020 and watch the market go up. Um, So I would just just think about that. Like, just kind of think about how you feel. Do I want to hang on to money? Do I want to spend my money? Kind of like live in the moment type of person. Am I like, everything has to go for the future and I don't want to spend anything? Like, what kind of person are you in relationship to your money? So that's where I would start, number one. And the second thing I would start with is really start getting good advice, whether it's a financial planner or whether it's, you know, somebody that you work with or somebody that you know that... It does their finances really well um, and is a good saver? I would ask them like, "What are you doing?" and "And how much should I be?" You know, th- if you're working with an advisor, they're going to be able to tell you like how much you should be putting away and all those things. Um, but you know that that's really where I would start. I don't. I think it's really hard to go from like I'm really scared to spend money to I need to put a thousand dollars a month in the stock market. That's a really we've got to do a lot of work before we start doing that. But beyond that i would say save 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 <laughs> be be very very mindful of what keeping up with the joneses looks like and i think man we are so bombarded by marketing today especially like on your phone you can scroll through instagram or tiktok um there's a whole meme or a whole hashtag or whatever it is i'm sorry i'm i'm Thirty six, So I don't know these things anymore, but there's this whole thing, movement called TikTok made me buy it. Right. And it's just a bunch of stuff that, that people are advertising and it's, and it's the algorithm goes to you and be really mindful of like, man, do I really need that? Because I could save that again, I could save that dollar and not go spend it on something frivolous. And I could go invest it and make, again, my future self, 10 years, 15 years down the road, is going to be so thankful for building us a, a habit of savings really early on.:
0: Great. And I really like how the first step is internal. Like you're doing the first step inside of you, um, figuring out like where you are before you figure out everything, all of this confusing stuff that's going on outside of you. like, where do I stand right now on money? I really appreciate how you have that perspective. Okay, so um, this is now the part of our episode where we do some rapid fire questions. You want to get started, Maddie?
1: Yes. Okay, so first question is, what did you
2: want to be when you were five? A veterinarian. Oh, cool. I love animals. I have two little doggies that are begging to see me outside right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What is your best life hack? Ooh, this one is going to relate to finances, but- It's having multiple bank accounts. And here's the reason. Um, When you separate out your money, so I usually tell people separate your fixed expenses, the same every month, your expenses that change every month, like gas or groceries, um, your spend, your true spend, and then your savings. And literally have different bank accounts and pre-allocate. So I know if X amount of dollars goes into my fixed bank account, my fixed Expenses bank account, that amount gets transferred from like another bank account. All of my income goes into one bank account and then it gets dispersed into these different types of funds. And it really helps people to prioritize savings because if you go, you know, 1,000 goes here, 2,000 goes here, 500 goes here, 1,000 goes over here, it's like that's what you have in that account and it's done. So if you, you know, you can't overspend because that's what's in the account. But if you literally separate your savings and your spending. Like if I want to go get a manicure, that's different than my fixed expenses account. Um, you know, that's that comes from a, literally a different bank account number that gets fed a certain number every month and I have to budget that. Um, but it literally takes the guesswork out of trying to save money and how much I should save money and going, did I overspend and where did it go? The biggest life hack is have uh, multiple bank accounts, go to a bank like Ally or Capital One that doesn't have any fees They're all online. It's really easy to set up a system. Call me if you need help. But but multiple bank accounts is the ultimate life hack for saving.
1: Oh, that's a really good idea. Uh, Next question is, what is the best compliment you have ever received?
2: Ooh, I I remember this one. Um, A person said this in a text to somebody else, and then somebody showed it to me. But they said, Sarah Miller is just a girl's girl. She can relate to any girl that's out there. And I was like, wow, somebody thinks that about me. And and then I realized like I you know, I'm wondering how they made that, you know, that assumption of me. And it was really like the compliment to me was like I'm approachable and and I can just like hang out with any girl. Like I'm I am 100%. I used to think I was like could hang with the guys and roll with the guys, but I'm like 100%. I love girls. I love women. I love learning from them. And so to have somebody say, you know, she can just relate to any woman made me really pleased that that's the perception of me.
0: Yeah, that sounds super awesome and super special. Yeah, that is really amazing. And we also want to ask your favorite
2: song, maybe to get pumped up. Ooh, my favorite pump-up song. Ooh. Um, but probably my my like ultimate pump-up song. I had it as my like alarm for the longest time was Beyonce's Freedom, especially from her like Homecoming album where all the like trumpets and everything are. It's like the ultimate song about women don't women don't give up on themselves and it's just it's a great message and it gets me <laughs> it gets me up in the morning, so
1: Absolutely. Well, we will add that to our mentor playlist on Spotify. So make sure to check that out. And um, the last question that we ask of all of our guests is standing where you are now, what advice would you give to your high
2: school self? I I would just I, I would tell my high school self, like, The the things happen according to plan, and they will happen, and they will fall into place, and you just have to work hard. Um, I didn't get married until I was thirty six, and all of my friends were getting married, and all of my friends were having babies, and I never thought it was going to happen to me. And you know, there's just things that like I never knew that I was going to get to this point in my career. I always just wanted it to happen right now, and um, and you know, even and I should tell that to my thirty six year old self. today, moving forward too, that, um, you know, that there's just kind of a divine plan of, of actions and the way that things work, whether you want to think it's God or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to believe in. But I just think things happen when they're supposed to happen, you know, whether it's the universe or God or whoever, but it's it just things fall into place as they're supposed to when they're supposed to. And so that would have really taken a lot of pressure and stress off of my plate if I would have learned that early and still continue to, like, again, tell my current self <laughs> that I should do that in my future, too.
1: Yeah, well, that is a beautiful and eloquent answer. So that's <laughs> okay. awesome. This makes the, our trivia questions seem a little bit uh, funny, but <laughs> just kind of following that directly. Uh, Joe, do you want to tell our listeners the trivia question?
0: For our listeners, we have our trivia question of the episode, which is very funny in comparison, I think. (laughs) Our question is, what is the gestation period of a hippopotamus? And our answer will be on our Instagram, at stemblazers, so check it out there. The, thank you so
1: much, Sarah, for joining us on this episode. Um, we have both thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It's been so fun to just kind of learn about um, the financial world. We don't get a whole lot of financial people on the podcast, so it's really exciting and different for us. Um, and on behalf of STEM Blazers, we want to thank you for sharing your story and, and inspiring young girls and women who um, maybe are considering joining uh, STEM
0: fields. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This was so fun.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it was. And thank you to the listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date with what we're working on, check out our website at STEMBlazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at stemblazers.